0: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the episode of Living Light Outdoors. On the mic with you, coming to you from the office. We made it. It's Friday. We are rolling downhill towards the weekend. Matter of fact, it's only a couple of minutes to five. So for most of us, we're about to punch that clock and be on our way home. I beat you there. I'm already there. Been working around the house today, having some good times. I want to share with you a message that I actually put this together quite some time ago. Um, it's one that I keep going over and I think, no, nope, not today, no, nope, not today. And I went back to it today and I thought, you know what, we need to talk about this. I titled this message, I Promise to. You ever felt like there's been a promise made to you that wasn't ever kept? Uh, maybe it, it could come in many, many forms. But what I want to talk to you today is about the promises that God makes to us. Now, there's four promises that we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the promise of rescue. We're going to talk about the promise of freedom we're going to talk about the promise of purpose and we're going to talk about the promise of joy So those four promises these promises are based on Exodus chapter 6 verse 6 through 7 when God promises Moses that he would deliver the people of Israel from slavery in verse 6 or uh, yeah verse six of chapter six of Exodus it says this therefore, Remember what that word means or what we find it means because of this. Say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians and I will free you from their bondage. I will redeem and rescue you with an outstretched, with a vigorous, powerful arm and with great acts of judgment against Egypt. Then I will take you from, or take you for my people, and I will be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God, who redeemed you and brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. Now we believe that just as God fulfilled His promises for Israel, God has a plan to fulfill them for you and I through Jesus Christ. Second Corinthians chapter one verse twenty: For as many as are the promises of God in Christ, there are all answered. Yes, so through him we say our amen to the glory of God. Promise number one, rescue. God says, I will bring you out. Remember what it says there. I will bring you out. God will rescue you from the penalty and the punishment of sin. The Bible isn't a book of rules or a book of heroes. The Bible is most of all a story. It's an adventure story about a young hero who comes from a far country to win back his lost treasure. It's a love story about a brave prince who leaves his palace, his throne, everything behind to rescue the ones he loves. That comes from Sally Lloyd-Jones, The Jesus Storybook Bible. The God who rescued Israel from Egypt in Exodus 15:2, He rescued Jonah from a fish in Jonah 2:9. David from death in Psalms 116.6 and soldiers from drowning in Acts 27.31 has a rescue plan to save you from sin and sin's consequences. We call God's plan the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Jesus' life, death, and resurrection are part of God's divine rescue mission designed to give you and I the greatest promises of all, forgiveness for our sins, peace with our God, and eternal life, just as Israel could not could not rescue itself from Egypt, we also cannot rescue ourselves from sin's consequences. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves; it is the gift of God. It's Ephesians chapter two verse eight. Salvation comes from the Lord. Jonah two nine, and you are rescued by grace alone, in faith alone, through Christ alone. Romans five one. Therefore, since we have been justified, that is, acquitted of sin, declared blameless before God by faith, let us grasp the fact that he ha- that we have peace with God and the joy of reconciliation with Him through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed. God enables us to receive Christ's rescue through repentance, our turning away from our sin, and the faith of turning towards Jesus promise too is freedom i will liberate you it says god will free you from the power of persistent sin this life therefore because of this is not righteousness but growth in righteousness it's not health but healing not being but becoming not rest but exercise we are not yet what we shall be but we are growing toward it the process is not yet finished but it is going on. This is not the end, but it is the path or the road. All does not yet gleam in glory, but all is being purified. Martin Luther says this God brought Israel out of Egypt, but it took a much longer time to get Egypt out of Israel. That's a really good statement. Let me say that again. God brought Israel out of Egypt, but it took a much longer time to get Egypt out of Israel. God brings us out of our sin. But it's a much longer time for us to get our sin out of us. Despite their physical liberation, they were not immediately free from Egyptian habits and patterns of thinking. Even after they settled in their new land, people like Solomon would be tempted to go back to Egypt, back to the way things were when they lived as slaves. There was a maybe a sense of security in that, where being out here on our own sometimes creates... A sense of, of of fearfulness. This is why God does not just promise to rescue you from sin's penalty and punishment; it's justification, but He also promises to free you from sin's power and persistence. That's sanctification, being set apart from. God fulfills this promise through the work of the Holy Spirit, who walks alongside you and empowers you to be holy, or to be set apart. Romans twelve one. Uh, and two says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies, dedicating all yourselves set apart as a living sacrifice, holy and well-pleasing to God, which is your rational, your logical, your intelligent act of worship, and do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes, so that you may prove for yourselves what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and his purpose for you. God also fulfills his promise of freedom through his people. James 5.16 states, Therefore, because of this, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. It availeth much, is another version. The best environments for you to experience freedom from sin's power and persistence, whether your struggles are spiritual, relational, emotional, physical, or even financial, Join a group that will help you receive the promise of freedom from sin's power and persistence. Remember what Hebrews 25 says? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Don't forsake the assembling together of the body. That, that's the fellowship of other believers, especially as we see the day approach, which is the day of Jesus' return. We need each other. We talk about iron sharpening iron. We need the fellowship. We need the corporate worship. We need the uplifting of others, and we need to be uplifting others. It works all the way around. Promise number three, purpose. I will redeem you, it says. God will call and equip you to accomplish his tailor-made plans for your life. What do you mean tailor-made plans? Remember in Jeremiah chapter one where we talk a lot about where it says, before you were ever formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. I'd already set you apart to be a voice to the nations. God will call and equip you to accomplish his tailor-made plans for your life. The main question is not how can we hide our wounds so we don't have to be embarrassed, but how can we put our woundedness in the service of others? That's Henry J. M. Nowen, the wounded healer, is where that's from. How can we hide our wounds so we don't have to be embarrassed? Isn't that how we typically like to be? We, We don't want to show our dirty laundry, so we hide it. But how can we put our woundedness in the service of others? How can we use our story to set someone else free? The Israelites were not designed to make bricks as slaves for an Egyptian pharaoh. Instead, they were created to live fruitful and productive lives. In the same way, God does not want you to waste your life slaving away, gathering up temporary treasures and pleasures. You can see that in Ecclesiastes. Instead, God promises to call and equip you to accomplish His tailor-made plans for your life. One of the major ways God gives you a purpose is through your valley. While the valleys of life may seem meaningless, God promises to take them and to transform them into purpose. We see this happen with the people of Israel in Exodus 23, 9. Do not oppress a foreigner. You, you yourselves know how it feels to be foreigners because you were foreigners in Egypt. Don't be, don't be looking down on those that are struggling. Weren't you yourself struggling at one point? You're, maybe you still are to be struggling at, at some point. In other words, God took Israel's valley, that oppression as foreigners, and he gave it purpose. He gave compassion to the foreigners. In the same way, God has a plan to take the valleys in your life, no matter what it may be. It could be grief, maybe it's divorce, maybe it's the consequence of a sin, but He'll turn them into a greater purpose. This is one of the most powerful meanings of Romans 8:28, And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him and who have been called according to His purpose. Regardless of what circumstances you are in, God can take all things, even your valleys, and use them for his great purposes. I actually preached a message not too long ago. It's been a couple of years, I guess, uh, talking about the view from the valley. And it was a little history of I drove into the San Luis Valley in Colorado, southern Colorado, and uh, and man, the moon was shining bright, and the tops of the mountains around me were covered in snow. And it was such such a beautiful sight. And, and God just reminded me that no matter where we are in the valley, we can always see the mountaintop the promises are there. They're there. We may be fighting through the struggle. We may be down here dying in the desert heat, but if we look up, we can see the mountaintop. We can see the refreshment. We can see the hope. And We can see the peace. We can see the answers if we look hard enough. Promise number four, joy. I will take you as my own people. That's that's. This is God speaking. I will take you As my own people, God will give you joy as a member of his family. Joy is the serious business of heaven, is what C.S. Lewis once said. God's final promise to Israel is found in Exodus chapter 6, verse 7. I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God, who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. God not only promises Israel rescue, he promises them freedom, and then he promises them purpose. But then he promises to have a relationship with Israel as his people. In the same way, God promises to give you joy as a member of his family, an heir to the throne. Throughout the Gospels, we see Jesus celebrating around the table with those whom the world classified as sinners. Those whom the Pharisees thought should not belong in God's family. In Luke 15, as Jesus is eating when celebrating with such sinners, he tells three parables. One is about a lost coin. The other is about a lost sheep, and the final is about a lost son. In the first two stories, Jesus emphasizes the fact that the woman who lost the coin, and then he emphasizes the shepherd who lost the sheep, and they celebrate because they have found what was lost. Remember those stories? The woman lost the coin, and she, she literally when she found it, she was celebrating. Same with the sheep. He left the 99 to go after the one. He found the one, and there was a party. There was a celebration because he found that which was lost. But in the final parable, Jesus tells about a son who loses everything. He wasted everything away. Remember, this is the prodigal son. This is the one who squandered away his inheritance. And it was desperate, and he was in need of rescue. He was in need of freedom. He no longer had a purpose, and he no longer had joy. Near the end of the story, the prodigal's father receives his son, giving him rescue, giving him freedom, and giving him purpose by restoring his position in the family. Beautiful story. I love that story. After receiving his wayward son, he throws a party, celebrating with joy the fact that his son's restoration and return. Now, when he talks to the older brother, the father explains why they celebrate, because the older brother is mad. But we had to celebrate and be glad, he says in Luke 15, 32, because his bro- this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is now found. The natural response to receiving the promise of rescue, receiving the promise of freedom, receiving the promise of purpose is joy. Every time we gather as believers in Christ, corporate worship, maybe it's a Sunday morning, maybe it's a Wednesday night, maybe it's any other special occasion, we need to gather to praise and rejoice in the Lord knowing that he will be faithful to complete all these promises. You may find yourself today feeling a little downtrodden, maybe feeling like you're still in your valley and you can't see the mountaintop. Maybe you're feeling a little left out. Maybe you're feeling a little forgotten. Maybe you're just not sure where you belong anymore. I I want to assure you of this today. If you will surrender your life to him, if you'll turn your life over to Jesus Christ, you will find your purpose, you will find freedom, and you'll be rescued out of the darkness that you're in. And in all of those things, joy comes in the morning. It it comes with the fact that we've been set free, that we've been forgiven, that we've been rescued out of the miry clay. All of these things. And then God says, man, I had a purpose for, for you from the very beginning of time. Before I ever formed in your mother's womb, I'd already called you out. I'd already set you apart. I need you in my family to do your part, to do what I've given you to do. We all have a destiny. We're all predestined of his. But if we choose the path to run away from him, we have nothing to to gain. It's darkness. It's it's dangerous. and, And we're going to find wounds, and we're going to be wounded. Come back to Christ today or come to him from the very beginning. Let him have your life. Begin to serve him. Just surrender your heart to him. It's really that simple. Father, I'm a sinner. I've lost my way. Maybe I've never known my way. Maybe I've never heard this message before. Maybe this is all new to me and I really don't understand it. But today I'm going to trust that if I speak these words, Father, forgive me, that you're just to forgive me. I'm going to put my foot forward in faith and say, God, I need you to come into my life. I need you to wash me clean of my sin and help me to begin a new life with you. I need your joy. I need your rescue. I need your freedom. I need your purpose in my life. That's, all, that's all it takes. It's no magic potion, it's no special wordage. You don't even have to be in a real special position. Don't even need to, have to close your eyes. Just talk to God like I'm talking to you right now and allow Him to set your feet on a path that takes you to the place of, of surrender with him. You need help? Holler at me. I'll help you any way I can. Uh, there's plenty of people around you that can do the same. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Thank you for listening in our podcast. Thank you for your support financially. Thank you for your prayers. Uh, we covet all of the above. Ron and I love you. We're praying over this message as it goes out tonight that it touches the heart of someone, that they find their place of rescue. They find their place of freedom. They find their place of purpose. And when they do, they'll find joy unshakable. Amen. God bless you. We love you. We'll talk to you again real soon.